Welcome to the Week in Italian Startup, where we discuss the latest highlights happening in the Italian tech and investment ecosystem. Welcome everyone back to the new season of uh, the Week in Italian Startup with uh, Nicolò and me going through the latest news. Welcome back, Nick. Ciao, Jack. Welcome back to you. Hello, everybody. All right, so let's jump right into after the summer break, which in Italy is pretty much like static in general on different levels. We still have like a few great news, I would say, for the ecosystem, uh, starting from Deliveristo, marketplace for restaurants, raising 7 million euro uh, in a round led by Vertis, but also followed by Azimut, United, uh, Yag and other business uh, angels. So that's uh, that's that's a great news also. Yeah, it was a news from early the summer that I missed completely in the latest issue before the before the break. Uh, my apologies to the team and to the investors. Um, I really needed a break. That that that's for sure. Uh, an important round in another startup operating as a um, B2B marketplace for restaurants. Uh, there are a few operating in Italy, there are at least a couple of competitors that comes to mind and a couple of big names that launched heavily in Europe. Uh, Choco is one, I believe, mm-hmm. another one in Spain. Uh, the market is for sure quite, quite huge and open for, for innovation and the, the proof is here. We are here and still raising money uh, after the, the, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, very, very, interesting, very interesting ground. Uh, we have the usual suspects are actually in Italy. So yeah. Vertis yeah. Uh, is one of the um, uh, most uh, uh, mo- mo- most well-known funds uh, in Italy, VC firms. Uh, United was an investment delivery store, if I'm not wrong before. Uh, Italian just for growth, the usual suspect, investing in a lot of rounds. So uh, well, the usual ingredients there. Yeah, I mean, the business definitely is striking a very interesting nerve for the Italian ecosystem in the sense that um, the restaurant sector is highly uh, analogic, if you will. So order for restaurant have traditionally been done with pen and paper, literally, uh, and that's the way people definitely behave. So the fact of digitizing that aspect is very powerful. And uh, what uh, really shows attraction is the amount, the massive amount of both restaurants on the platform and supplier that are on the platform. So maybe let's uh, let's pay a little bit of attention on that because that's a, that's a super interesting um, element. So we have about 1,300 uh, subscriber to the platform. And I believe that the total number of product is about 60,000 products, which is impressive really. And that's uh, definitely one way to to go through uh digitization so yeah uh yep. it's an awesome traction it's an awesome uh, proof of traction yeah and if you think about it that's still a small fraction of the market so you see there are yeah. probably 180 160,000 restaurants more or less so that's the order of magnitude so here we are touching one percent of the market yeah uh, so there's a lot of room to to grow uh, and for sure, a restaurant doesn't have the, the groceries purchase profile of a family. So we're talking about big numbers here. Yeah. So once you get a customer, totally. that's an important revenue. So talking about the investments, I thought it was interesting to see how exactly Vertis has been structuring the business. 
So Vertis has been a big player in the Italian ecosystem. Again, one of the oldest SGR uh, investing in startup, I would say. Uh, so here's a, a brief uh, overview of the structures of the firm. So it's an SGR, as, as you know. Uh, basically two main, main vehicles doing private equity, uh, Vertis Capital and Vertis Capital Parallel, which tells me that essentially they're um, uh, moving on a parallel uh, track. But then we also have about like five funds, five different funds. Uh, a lot of them actually um, focus on scale-ups. And uh, Deliveristo is exactly uh, one of the company target of the um, uh, Vertis Venture 5 scale-up. So, which is basically following uh, the original strategy of Vertis Venture 2 scale-up. So again, um, um, business that have some proof, they have some traction, they have some, some great result and they're really on an exponential uh, growth curve. So that's, uh, that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. So uh, just to give you some more information on Vertis Venture 5 scale-up, uh, they basically uh, have an allocation of 41 million euro. Uh, it's kind of a young fund. It started about just one year ago, August 2021. And uh, yeah, it's about uh, basically uh, investment. Uh, they have like five years of investment period. And basically the whole thing is about like uh, uh, 10 years, the whole fund. So that's uh, kind of a kind of a traditional structure of uh, and in terms of timing. Um, interesting in the sense that uh, it, it kind of uh, supports the strategy from a previous fund. So that tells me that uh, it's been interesting and definitely it's been uh, it's been like a fruitful way to uh, to invest. So that's uh, what's your what's your thinking, Nick? No, no, I totally agree with you. Uh, Vertis was probably one of the first uh, VC firms who actually uh, expanded their investment scope to private equity, to mm -hmm. real private equity. Um, so wait, they started with VC and then they did PE. So that's that's a very good question. Uh, I need to check it out. Uh, I always known them for as a, for the VC operations, yes. uh, so I'm not hundred percent sure. But I believe that private tech, private equity started just after VC. But I'm open for this. Is just you know, a memory. Uh, I probably be in a week. I'll be here correcting myself. Uh, but still, of the big traditional VC firms in Italy is the only one that comes to mind with a specific private equity target because neither United. Uh, P101 or, or INDEC or uh, venture into a specific private equity. Probably mm -hmm. not chess, but I'm not sure. Um, and the other interesting thing is that they are doing scale up investments for from smallish funds. So they probably have fewer investments per fund. Um, uh, interesting. And the other, well, the other interesting thing is that um, the, the last one that you were showing is ending in uh, 2027. So it just completed the investment period. Correct. So uh, with only so four logos, but probably there are probably more investments. I believe that they did a dozen or something more. That's fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm checking. With very well, it, with, with very well known, actually. Very no, well good point. Startups. That's a great point. Uh, I think um, Vertis Venture 2 scale up, so as it shows, looks like there are like definitely like four companies. Actually, no, it's it's a little bit more, yeah, because, more. but it's a yeah, See. yeah. It, 
I mean, it's not properly shown, but uh, it's probably, I would say maybe like a, a 10 to 12 looks like more or less. And uh, some of the big names in the, in the ecosystem we, that have like very good uh, validation, Milkman, Bazzo, uh, it's, it's also, me. exactly. So very well-known companies uh, here, Fit Prime, of course, and uh, so very well-known uh, companies here. Very cool. All right, moving on. Other big news in terms of round, I would say uh, Italian Way. Uh, so Italian Way is a short-term rental startup raising 2.5 million euro from a syndicate of investor. So Italian Way is kind of trying to play uh, the card of uh, short-term uh, renting and uh, in specific areas, so very touristic areas, very, uh, I think there is some form of uh, interesting like selection procedure so it's a uh, very very you know niche in that way and uh, with the reactivation of the, the the travel and holiday business that's uh, that's a good moment for them for sure uh, so yeah awesome job uh, raising about like 2.5 million for sure uh, yeah the numbers that's... are interesting did you see the numbers from Turnover in 2021, 21 oh, yes. million. Yes, yes. Expected 44 million in 2022. I thought that was shabby, incredible. I, I thought Not it was shabby. incredible. Yeah. Considering that the, the, the 20, what was 2021? Correct. 2021 saw turnover of around 21 million euro. And when I read that, I thought that the, the kind of the fundraise was kind of small now. I mean, once you know the revenue, Maybe the, the fundraise is like, oh, maybe they, they could have gone even beyond the 2.5 million, I would say. Well, that's that's a fair point, even though I would uh, so turn over 21 million. So mm -hmm. I don't know whether that's exactly revenue. So, you know, rental. Yeah. Uh, I, do, I don't know what the number is. Sure. Uh, it might be the, the uh, overall economy that they engaged with. Like, yeah. Platform. yeah, yeah. But still, still not too shabby. And I was taking a look at the properties. There are quite a few very premium locations. Yes. So yeah. very nice. Yeah. Yep. So probably like a higher, like average ticket for sure. And uh, yeah, very interesting play for sure. That's, uh, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's very awesome. Okay, cool. Let's uh, move on to, uh, to what I thought. I, th I thought it was uh, interesting also parking my car. So Parking My Car is a booking system for parking spots, raising a little bit more than half a million euro from a syndicate of investors. So every every month, what we see is really like a, a smaller like companies holding investor groups, kind of moving really really fast to place bets in startup and and uh, in, in considerable sizes, if you will. So it's a very good sign for the ecosystem when we also have like a, a smaller player placing bets on uh, different companies. So uh, in the case, for example, of parking my car, um, so uh, MTI Holding, uh, I've, I've never heard about them. Um, probably it's a, it's a more industrial, looks like, like a more industrial holding. So also placing bets in that sense. Uh, I thought it was uh, it was particularly interesting for sure. Yep, um, I agree with you. Uh, it's, it's actually, it's happening more often than before that um, in particular these few rounds mm -hmm. uh, the half a million to a couple of million see a lot of uh non-traditional vc investors joining yeah, or beating the round uh 
Well, that, and that's good. That's good because you see a lot of diversification, a lot of capital that are supporting more startups. And, you know, in, in a sense, supports the professional investors in setting up later stage funds that we really need because there is more real flow and more quality in the start, in the stuff that starts that are being um, uh, supported in the early, yeah. uh, early phases. So, very awesome. good. And the, the last bit is that uh, from the name of the CEO, Matteo Elawak, I would say that we are looking at a, um, probably a, for, an Italian founder for foreign origin. So another mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. sign. Yeah, good point. Like second generation a native. Uh, that's uh, that's interesting. Super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I'm really happy. I'm really happy of that. So that's that means that you know there are still some you know capacity to integrate to to develop yeah. to to grow as a nation. Awesome. Good for integration. Good for the ecosystem for sure. All right, switching gears a little bit, uh, talking about acquisition. So Vedrai uh, acquiring 60% of Indigo.ai. So we've met uh, Vedrai um, a few times back uh, and uh, they've been basically some of the big providers of um, artificial intelligence applied to business. So what do they do is they basically like uh, crank out the data uh, with AI algorithm to provide insights for businesses. Uh, on different scales. So now they just essentially uh, acquire the majority stake into uh, a natural language uh, AI uh, startup called Indigo for the creation of chatbots and probably integration also in the in the kind of services that they want to provide. So it's a very good example of a growth but acquisition. Uh, on, on I wouldn't call it a tangential business because they're pretty much you know on a parallel route, I would say. So that's uh, that was very um, well integrated. Um, this is not the first acquisition that they make. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember that the the dry startup is quite young. Uh, well, the founder is young, and the dry is probably a couple of years in terms of you know uh, age. Wow. Uh, um, they raised two different rounds. Uh, this is, I believe, the second or the third acquisition they make. So they're quite aggressive in pursuing their growth. Um, at the end, another thing that you were saying, and, and totally right, but the interesting angle they're taking, or at least their publicity taking, is that they're offering AI technology to small and medium businesses. So usually businesses that do not directly invest in AI or that type of, uh, of tech. Uh, so interesting positioning. That's and uh, in terms of product, like. what I was checking is that they really try to make it accessible uh, through working, uh, put to, through putting a lot of effort in UX. Um, so uh, basically, if you if you check the product that they they, they push, uh, they're basically kind of uh, making product anthropomorphic. So every, there is like the AI basically had, they have names depending on the kind of insight you're looking for 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 sales insight. There is a there is a character for that for accounting insight and then you can you know play with this kind of product. I thought it was very interesting in terms of how the experience is gonna look like. So it's not a spreadsheet, it's not like uh, impersonal. It's it's like a catered for an audience that kind of wants to relate in a different way. So I really like the angle of uh, of trying to make it in a, 
in a, in a different way to use the product. Yeah, that's uh, I thought. It yeah, was... that's a good point. It, it sounds a bit like a marketing stunt, but still. <laughs> yeah, I would I would love to see a, a, like a demo and how exactly it works. If we can really talk with the agent, with the AI agent, and how it interacts, that'll be so cool. But uh, no. but yeah, good good direction for sure. Yeah, I can, I can imagine having a meeting with a few AI agents and the, as the marketing agent is talking and the sales agent <laughs> interrupts the presentation and says, wait, 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 wait. Exactly. It's not marketing. The problem is in sales. See? The, the, and then, the, the and then make them interact with each other and then, you know, humans are out. That's it. And the AI that's that how the matrix started. That <laughs> probably engineering, an engineering AI and a sales AI discussing about what to prioritize between sales and products. That's awesome. That's how it all started that's awesome all right talking about product let's what's the deal with plg that's uh that's very interesting discussion so in uh, in your newsletter you point out a very interesting article from gil dibner uh, about plg now plg later or plg never so uh for the listener uh, plg stands for product-led growth and is essentially a new way of thinking about a business model uh, and um, a business growth in general. So basically, just to give like a, a 30 second summary, um, the business world have seen like a, a, some like a major shifts starting from the 60s, where the, the, the growth was led by sales and then uh, 80s to 90s to early 2000 was marketing led. And now it's kind of, you know, it's the product, the user-centered uh, moment for, for growth. So, so that's, the, that's the idea, right? Um, I have a few comments, but I, I was wondering what you, what you think about it. Oh, well, um, uh, I believe it was an interesting article because the, there's been a lot of discussion going on about PLG. So whether it makes any sense, it seems to seem not interesting and so on and so forth. So it was a nice way to have started reasoning at least for the reader. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the concept, also the idea that there is a, a product that basically drives uh, its growth without traditional sales or marketing entering the game. Uh, it puts you in, in the position of thinking heavily about the product and the quality and what's delivering to the user. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though in another sense, traditional marketing will say, you know, the product is one of the four P's of market. Marketing. There you go. So I agree. What, what, what are we talking about? So, That's exactly my comment. So uh, this is like a, a, a fake problem, I would say. Uh, you know how in, in, in philosophy, sometimes people build arguments around problems that they make themselves up. So and it's not a true problem. Uh, it has this kind of taste in a way. So it has always been about product at the end. But so, uh, so I totally mean, agree. Yeah. But the, the, the problem probably is that uh, when there are teams with founders not formally trained in marketing in the, yeah. in the broader sense, you tend to think of marketing about just you know outbound advertising through That's Google true. or social social advertising through Facebook or Instagram. And that's a tiny bit of the concept of marketing. So that's, I agree. The, you know, the, the, this way of breaking down the concept uh, and having putting the product left to the product part of marketing into its own separate silo. Yeah. Let, let me call it silo. It's not a silo, but you know, yeah, yeah. area of importance probably helps uh, in reframing uh, something that's old, but it's being missed in some way today. I, I, probably many teams that 
mistake uh, outbound advertising for marketing. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, it's nice, I think, to actually think about this again sometime, just because the truth is uh, business is fluid. Uh, it's very tough to prioritize what what do you need because actually there are many it's like a, uh, it's like a human being okay so the heart is better than the lungs like uh, what 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 are you gonna take if you have to choose I mean that's that's not a non question again exactly so uh, but it's cool kind of going back to to basics I, I like that I enjoy that I enjoy the the discussion oh, good. Nick, uh, all right. So to close, uh, let's talk about Richmond, which uh, you know, um, I thought it was uh, it was an interesting operation that you that you mentioned in your newsletter. How um, e-commerce, like fashion e-commerce platform, Yox, uh, essentially has been like uh, the, the the target of uh, of, a, of an operation between um, Richmond trying to uh, unload their shares. Uh, and uh, other investor acquiring them, uh, among which Farfetched, which is another fashion, like huge fashion retailer. So, what uh, what do you think about that? Why? What's uh, what's your interest into that? Well, I mean, Yux <laughs> has been the only Italian unicorn for like two decades. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a startup anymore. It's been through. It's not uh, Italian anymore. IP. It's not even Italian anymore. That's another fair point, uh, <laughs> but still, it remains attached to, to Italy for you know at least yeah. some romantic reason. Exactly. Uh, so seeing this series of latest events is a bit you know, I wouldn't say heartbreaking, but still, uh, Richmond doesn't look like a fire sale, but still, it's taking a 2.7 billion write down yeah. of the yeah. investment. Uh, it's selling, if I'm not wrong. Like, 50 point something percent of uh, wine up is changing hands. Correct. Farfetch and um, what's the other? Uh, the other investor is basically a holding, co- uh, like a vehicle company from um, an entrepreneur from Dubai, which oh, is Dubai. essentially the guy behind the, the Burj Khalifa, uh, so the real estate uh, there, uh, Dubai Mall, and also essentially one company which is called. Uh, I believe it's called Noon. Exactly. Ah, no, okay. Sorry. Noon and Noon is basically the Amazon of the the like Dubai and the Emirates, and so it's a very successful guy for sure. Very very business wise, uh, very very like capable person. So interesting play. What I thought is that uh, Richmond is getting a good deal because uh, actually there is also an exchange of shares going on. Uh, Richmond is getting Farfetch shares. Uh, basically, depending on how exactly the deal is going to perform and Yox is going to perform. Uh, so I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. I thought it was uh, very smart. Uh, too bad for the, the write down for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's an example. Think, how- yeah, it's, it's still some kind of a paper loss still. So yeah, as, as you said, that exchange shares. Correct. Um, and there's some more you know, stuff going on in the like, next few years. Uh, an escrow something like that yeah. so whatever all right so let's, still, uh, the story is not over for you exactly let's move on beside the nostalgic uh, news <laughs> and uh, nick thank you so much for joining and uh, i'll see you next week ciao jack thank you very much see you everybody